Take everyone the lifeline to your unfiltered media experience. Before we start the show, don't forget to like, comment, like, comment, and subscribe. And if you're on Facebook, like, comment, and share. I'm your host, Gian Thomas, and this is the Monday live stream. And we have returning guests Chase West, Larry Baggett, and Liz Townsend. And today we'll be talking about uh, what are Democrats fighting for, what the midterms elections will look like, and more. But but first, I'm going to let my guests uh, say a little bit about themselves. Liz, uh, can you start us off? Hi, y'all. Uh, like John said, I my name is Liz Townsend. I am actually a, an activist and a volunteer with Powered by People. And I am here ready to have a nice debate. It's, it's going to be great. And I've been here once before. This is my second time on the show. So thanks for having me again. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, uh, go ahead, Chase. Um, well, I am Chase West. I am uh, running for state representative in HD 132. Um, I'm running because I've seen uh, a history of career politicians that are only interested in corporate interests and the interests of their friends. And voters in Texas are tired of it. Uh, I'm a small business owner, a father, an artist. Uh, heck, I'm at my small business right now. Uh, you know, I work hard and the people of our community work hard and they deserve someone who works for them and not for the corporations. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, go ahead, Larry, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, I'm Larry Baggett and I'm currently uh, running for Texas uh, State House in District 3. Some of you may remember me. I've been on the show as well. I was campaigning the last six months for Texas governor. But sometimes we set a course in life. Sometimes we have to be willing to make a course adju adjustment to where we're headed. And as I campaigned forward and I, I felt more in contact with the people, my goal is to make an impact positive change. And I feel as a as a representative of the third district, given all people in Texas a voice, I have more ability to affect and protect the generations and future generations of Texans to come. So I'm ready to take on the fight. It's time to send the career Republican back home and we'll handle it from there. Exactly, exactly. And um, as we were talking about at the beginning of the show, uh, Chase said uh, something that is very important and, and something that is uh, very heavily affecting our politics today. And that is the corporate interest and how corporate donors have basically bought off our politicians. And, you know, we see examples of this all littered throughout the Republican Party. You know, they kind of don't hide it. They they kind of they're very forthcoming with who they're trying to represent uh, and who and, you know, what they're trying to uh, get done. But, you know, uh, it, it's sad and very unfortunate that, you know, we we also have this same corruption within the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, I, and it has been seen uh, extremely with Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema on on just how they uh, were, were like not even trying to work with Biden on his infrastructure bill, on his uh, on the human infrastructure bill and how they just kept on, you know, wanting cuts and cuts. 
And so uh, that's going to be one of the first things that we talk about. So, uh, Liz, wh- what is what are your thoughts on Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema? Well, we, we've got to kind of know their backgrounds first to really consider why they've made the decisions that they have made. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Joe Manchin, he's, he's a lifelong West Virginian. Mm-hmm. Um, he has been in government for quite a long time. And at one point, he was even governor of West Virginia. And now, of course, he's been a senator since 2010. Um, but we also have to keep in, in, in mind that he's also a businessman with some oil ventures and some property ventures as well. And unfortunately, maybe whether consciously or not, I know people are going to vote in their own interest, right? Yeah. And. He, he calls himself a Democrat. Well, what's a, what's a conservative Democrat? That's kind of a oxymoron. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly. So, so when I hear conservative Democrat, I hear, oh, okay, this is somebody who is from the South, deep South, indoctrinated in the Southern strategy and still holding on to the Dem Party, the old Dem Party. I mean, before 1968 Democratic that's how I kind of see it. I don't know if that's fair, but it's kind of like, okay, the old Dems have are gone. Um, platform changes have happened. But then I also, is he just trolling us? <laughs> is he just trolling us? Like, is he just there to be a troll? <laughs> um, that's what I think. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I totally I, I agree with that 100 percent. It is kind of like he is trolling the Democratic Party because he's like he has flip flopped so much. Uh, there was a statement from him a couple of months ago on how he was talking about how the infrastructure bill had to at least be like five trillion dollars. And then when he was pressed against when he was pressed against, you know, his own words, he was like, oh, well, you know, I, 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 I you know, he, he recanted. And so. It is all because of that money that he's funneled. Uh, like you said, like you said, Liz, he's a business owner. He's looking out for his own interests. He's looking out for his own pocket. He's trying to. He's trying to, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, what they say? Silver line your 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 bottom pocket, or I don't know. I'm messing up that saying, but you know, that's that's basically what he's doing. But yeah, and I mean, we also have to look at the statistics of West Virginia. What has he done for West Virginia? Well, in the last twenty years somehow they've gone from already one of the bottom states as far as infrastructure to absolute 50th. I think it's 47th in education, which actually just beats out Texas that much. So, And 48th in economy. So, I mean, you're not even voting for the best interests of your state, of of, of your constituents, the people who you're supposed to be there representing. Yeah, he's supposed to be the blue collar guy. He's supposed to represent that, but yet he lives in a yacht and he drives a Maserati and nobody can talk to him and nobody can, yeah, he won't talk to constituents the way you're supposed to talk. He's not accessible yeah. by any means. And then you have to wonder why, why would they be inaccessible? Why would a politician make themselves so inaccessible if they really cared about the constituents and their state? Um, I mean, it's been declining ever since he's been governor and it's just gonna decline even further. The unemployment rate is skyrocketing is one of the highest in the nation currently, probably next, just next to Kentucky. And we all know who's in charge of Kentucky now. 
So I just, I just, um, yeah, that's my, my whole view on that. I just wonder why, just why? I just want to ask him why. <laughs> why, dude? Why are you doing this? Hey, Liz, can I throw something in here real quick? Remember, I heard her saying one time years ago, pigs don't know pigs stink. If you put a, you and I in a slot full of pigs, we can smell it, right? But if we stay there long enough, it becomes very weak. Hey, it don't smell bad. That's right. And that's what happens with career politicians. That's why myself and Chase has had many a conversations about ending sitting term limits, passing bills. To I don't care how good you are. I did hear Representative Stickland, former Representative Stickland, make a comment. He stepped down after eight years. He said, if I didn't, I was going to become just like the very people I was around. And you got to be cognitively aware of that. And as per the senator there, I, I agree with you. He, he, if you become unavailable, don't let it rain while you're staying outside. You're going to drown because that nose stuck so far in the air you, you become detached. Look what's in Texas right now. Abbott's detached. Most of the far left and far right, they detached. Don't go up to Austin try to talk to most your Democrat nor uh, Republicans, right? They will get out. I, I talk to my staff or not me. Well, that's not availability. I'm, I'm like with uh, Chase and many other people. It's time for the electing people that stay available and engage with the people in the district, not the media, not the special interest group. It's about serving all Texans, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Or, or just all constituents. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I mean, I will say this, you know, I, I, I follow local politics a lot more than I follow national politics because I really think that's where the heart of, what affects us, you know, where that is. However, knowing that, you know, Kristen Cinema uh, is from Arizona, which is relatively conservative. And then West Virginia is also relatively conservative. I mean, I know, trust me, I know I've heard about the different special interests and stuff, the extra money they're getting. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not defending them or anything like that, but they do have a constituency to represent as well. Um, I don't agree with them, um, and their constituents may not agree with them, but I don't have that information, you know, to, you know, you know, to say, yeah. uh, but I mean, I, I do believe that, that any elected official, their duty is first to the constituents of the region that they, that they represent. So, you know, in my instance, if elected, you know, my first priority would be the constituents in 132. My second priority would be everyone in Texas, because yeah. as a Texas state representative, you're making laws and you're passing bills and you're doing all this that affects everyone in Texas. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we got to we kind of got to look at it, you know, in both ways, you know, uh, macro and micro. Yeah. Yeah. My my whole thing is the the pushback that Kristen Cinema has gotten just from her constituents i mean she can't even go anywhere without having people run up on her in the bathroom at weddings now that is i don't condone nobody running up on anybody in a bathroom i mean you know you got to have your, your you know your privacy but uh you know politicians are going to you're going to get that pushback especially when you're not listening to your constituents 
And yeah. you know, they've basically been making her life a living hell. And I, I think I think it's the one thing that, you know, like she was getting five thousand dollars, like basically taking like five thousand dollar appointments from Republican donors and just basically listening to them. And it's just I mean, to me, it's just so disgusting. And yeah. I always say this on the show. We are we are at such a pivotal moment here in the United States that, you know, we have to get some things done. We have to get some things done or, you know, you know, people want to talk about all these third world countries. We are slowly becoming a third world country. If you go walk into Houston, 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 Texas, there are homeless people all over the place. I mean, there are homeless people all over California. This is a problem that you see in a lot of metropolitan cities. And it's something that we have to get a hold on. And, you know, a lot of people will say, well, uh, you know, Democrats control cities. And and to me, that is like the dumbest, that is like the dumbest statement you could ever say, because your government is made of both Republicans, Democrats, and, and then not to even mention a lot of these positions, you don't even have to declare a party. So, so that is just dumb. That is just dumb when people say, oh, well, you know, your, your cities have homeless people because, you know, you have Democrats. Run. No, that's BS. And that's just a Republican talking point. We have we have homeless people because we have we have infrastructure that we do not use and that we just we have tons of buildings around Houston. And I'm pretty sure around the whole entire United States that are not being used. Why not use those buildings uh, and have like make them community buildings so we can get people off the streets? I mean, it's just there are some things that we have to do. And just looking at, at, at the statistics of West Virginia, I mean, that is horrible. And like Liz said, that is very comparable to what Texas is. We have got, we have got to fight harder. And, and, and it's not even about left or right. It's about policy. It's about what you're doing. It's about how this policy is going to affect your, affect your family, affect your life. You know, that's what we have to focus on. I actually have two things to say about the, the homeless thing. Because, you know, I know that that wasn't even on the agenda, but yeah. it brings up some points that, that, that I would definitely love to, to comment on. Go ahead, Chase, um, go ahead. So I met um, a few people uh, in the last month or so that introduced me to a group called Hope Impacts. Mm -hmm. And uh, they work out of a uh, church out, uh, out on West Green. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, they have a program called Soups and Showers. And the homeless people from the from the area come there. They get to listen to music. They get food. Uh, sometimes uh, the haircutting people come and will cut their hair. They get to take a shower. Uh, they can you know take you know a certain amount of food, drinks, uh, you know different stuff that they need, clothes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I've actually been going to the the you know the the soup and shower events and talking to the homeless people because one of the things that I, I recently become kind of interested in is the idea of well how do we get homeless people to vote um but you know that's something we can talk about later but uh so you know i've been talking to a lot of them and every single one of them will tell you that there are two main reasons why there's such a homeless problem uh one is mental illness mm -hmm. uh, which you know leads to drug addiction stuff like that and the second thing is you know, if you think about it, the cost of a one-bedroom apartment yes. is oh, twelve hundred bucks, and you have to make three times that a month yes. in order to get approved for it. 
So how are these people supposed to get up off their feet, you know, get themselves an apartment and, you know, they, they can't get a job. Like, I mean, they can use, they actually use the church as the address as their address, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it, it's, it's not something that's easy to do. And one thing that they've done in the state of Utah, and I've talked to some of the, the, the people at this program, you know, and asked what they thought about it. And they loved it. They loved the idea in Utah the amount of homeless people that they had, uh, I forget which year, but it was it was a few years back, it cost the taxpayers almost $20,000 per homeless individual. What they did is they had the homeless people help build small homeless communities. Instead mm-hmm. of putting up spikes and you know, putting up fences where people, you know, couldn't sleep or anything, you know, they had they built, you know, these residential areas. I mean, nothing fancy. Uh, but, you know, they have a clinic, they have you know, a mess hall or a cafeteria, however you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And now the average homeless person costs a Utah citizen $7,800 per year. So, you know, we're saving $12,000 a year per homeless person if we just help them. Like most yeah. of them are not asking for a handout. If we just do something to help in the problem. You know, there's plenty of other issues, but just on the homeless thing, I mean, if you're saving $12,000 per homeless person, think of how many homeless people are just in Houston. Think about how, how, how much that could go to infrastructure, education, crime reduction. I mean, there's so many places. Well, we- and, and, you know, you, you, I'm going to chime in on that, Wes, with your, uh, Chase, on that deal is, um, is my wife and I, we make a decent income. You're right. How do they afford it? I don't know about Liz, and, and I kind of know a little background. I don't know if you guys' background, but for us, we were having a conversation in the living room earlier this evening about how she was supposed to go to the hospital. She carries insurance that is worthless. We all can say most insurance, their love take that money. They produce nothing. What a great business to be in. Give us your money, and we give you nothing. What a wonderful concept. But we were sitting there, and she's got to, got to figure out how she needs to go have uh, stuff done. But we make too much, but we don't make too much, right? We got a household of two income. So if we're struggling, you're working hard. You're working hard. Liz, you're working. All you guys are working hard, and you're having a hard time. That person on the street, oh, Lord, have mercy. Uh, that, that's an astronomical feat. But it can be done, but you're right. And there's ways you can give incentives. Okay, you have this building. Let's convert it into a way that these people have an address. We'll give you a tax right. We'll give you credit, something, so you're not totally losing. Mm-hmm. And But, yeah, you're right. If we're struggling here, yeah, hey, they are going to – it's going to be really bad on the street trying to get out. We just try to – I know for me, some weeks, I just try to get to work without needing too much gas, right? Yeah. <laughs> and we, yeah. We, got, we don't have kids. We have the wild kingdom in our house. I don't have <laughs> Liz. You know, anybody needs cats and dogs. We got plenty. We'll get plenty. Oh, but Larry, I, I mean, that is exactly right. Like, and then we have to understand, we have so many things. We had the pandemic, which made things you know, that made things worse. And now we have this in, this inflation, which is making things, 
I mean, it is killing people. I mean, people are having a hard time getting gas, buying food. There are food shortages. And and, and a lot of people, and this is the narrative that, I've, that I have been seeing that's coming from the mainstream media, that it is because of Biden and the things that he has done that that is why we have this... Uh, this uh this inflation issue, which is not even close to being true. Nope. A lot of people do not understand that this is a supply chain issue, that this issue has been coming for a long time because we outsourced all of our jobs to China, India, and, and all yep. over the world because you know corporations want that you know they they're they're trying to they're trying to save a buck, they're trying to cut costs, and so we've we've shipped everything. All, all, all our manufacturing all across the country, and it's not here. It's not here, and so now the, it, it has happened. This problem has has become more evident than ever, and and the pandemic just you know just made it come quicker. So yep. you know you have all of those things going on, and then you know before the pandemic there was a uh, statistic out there that people couldn't even handle a $400 emergency expense mm -hmm. so you know you you tackle that with the pandemic this inflation thing people are people hard working people who who you know hard working people are suffering and, and people who got two incomes people who got uh jobs good paying jobs are, are struggling people went through their savings through the pandemic there are just so many things that are that politicians that these people in washington that the people in austin that the people all over the you know all over politicians all over the country need to understand but you know they're so out of touch they're so you know so far removed you they they can't even relate yeah yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna go back like like to the homelessness. Like, there's a lot more people becoming homeless right now because there was that moratorium was lifted, yes. and it should not have been lifted. And there's a lot of people suffering right now, and the wage, like, well, it's, the, the gap between the rich and the poor is it's only gonna get worse from here. And I don't really know if there's any pause button that we can push on that, other than letting everything collapse on its own and then rebuild from the beginning, but. I just um, also wanted to go over uh, like Kirsten Cinema. Like you, you, you do make a point. Like a West Virginia Chase, you made a point that they represent their constituents. But like, mm -hmm. um, yeah, West Virginia is ninety-three percent white. Mm -hmm. So he represents, or he feels like he's representing his constituents. Kirsten Cinema is a little, a little different. Um, yeah. I was actually very shocked to find out how progressive she used to be. Yes, very progressive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was very reading that myself. I'm like, huh? Yeah, she was like a champion of, of rights. She's held so many rallies before she even took on the state house representative yep. uh, position. Um, what happened? That's what I would I'm say thinking. money, money, money. And I'm like, yeah, I can only say that you're only as good as the company you keep. And she's keeping company with John Cornyn, Lindsey Graham, and Ted Cruz. If anybody, I don't know, someone who can stand Ted Cruz for five minutes, I don't know. How something's wrong with them? Oh no, there might not be enough room in that. There might not be a space around him for you to be near him if his head gets any bigger. It's like the problem is with many of these people; they believe their own press releases. They really start believing their own press releases, and that creates a problem. Well, I'm that good. No, you're not. Somebody just need to tell you, no, you're not. 
Yeah. That's what I'm wondering. Like, what happened? Why all of a sudden she decided to vote with Trump 50% of the time? Yeah. yeah. Um, she's the, the third uh, highest voting with Trump as far as uh, Democrats and Republicans, apparently. Oh, yeah, wow. no, no, Democrats. Um, mm -hmm. Joe Manchin, of course, being the first. Uh, but I just, uh, yeah, like, to me, it just makes me feel like at some point she was disingenuine about her messaging or the, 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 the it, it does come with a lot of notoriety and she's become famous, very, very famous. Like, and she's been given so much power right now and maybe she doesn't know how to use it or what to do with it. Or I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt there. I wouldn't even give her that, Liz. <laughs> Can I make a point of what you're saying? She's getting, uh, what you were talking about. I'm going to use an example of a lottery winner. You give them all that money up here, they ain't changed. Now you got somebody has been elected to office, done all this. Now her head is huge. She doesn't know how to monitor and control. All of a sudden, like if we took you out tomorrow and the next month, Liz, you couldn't rock across anywhere in this country they say oh that's Liz all mm -hmm. of a sudden you've getting this fame mm -hmm. and attention and you've not dealt with how to handle basic life and that's what happened with lottery and they get all this money right they never learn how to handle money that's why they won't have it in the end mm -hmm. so and that's what happens as people and you have to be cognizant you have to be very aware of it and that's why you know I tell people I says if I'm giving honor to serve it I start start sounding Stupid, say, have your smoking shared or get off of it one other because you are really not sounding the most sharpest guy here. But you got to stay in touch, you got to stay grounded. I think that's a good word. Yeah, I mean, and I, I would say, you know, yeah, I would say, you know, and, and that's the same, uh, same type of uh, analogy as in, you know, the music world. You know, you look at like, you know, 90s Seattle grunge scene, you know, these, these people, you know, were like dressed like street people. <laughs> You know, and they were making this music that just was just loud noise. All of a sudden, they got signed, and so now they're using heroin. Now they're you know doing all this stuff. They got all this money, and look at most of them are dead now. Like you know, they didn't know how to handle that type of of, of I guess power because yeah. fame is power, money is power, and there should always be a cap on power, which just goes back to the whole term limit thing. You know, we yep. have to have term limits uh, on the state level and on the national level. Uh, you know, I've already signed a pledge that if I'm elected, that I will I will sponsor, co-sponsor a bill uh, to do Article five so that we can ratify the Constitution to enact term limits for the U.S. Congress. Um, you know, and, and I think that's very important because, you know, power corrupts. It's interesting. It's interesting. I agree with you. We do need a cap on it, especially like in the case of Joe Manchin and a few other people in Washington that think it, things operate the same way it did 50 years ago. You know, um, the world's changed. They haven't. Um, but Kristen Cinema, she's not exactly. She's not prone to vow. She's. This is like what her second term? No, first term, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So she's yeah, still she's relatively young. She's 45. She's very, very young. So then you have like, these two opposites. You have Joe Manchin, who, yeah, he needs to be go. Yeah. Kristen Cinema, though, what do you do with her? 
her constituents need to vote her out. Yeah. I mean, that's really the only option. Uh, I mean, uh, I think term limits are a good secondary to stop power from corrupting. Absolutely. Uh, but it's really up to the people, you know, to be the first line of defense, you know, when their leaders are not representing them, how they want to be, you know, represented. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that would be my answer to, to that. Well, and also now, uh, uh, Chase, as well, it's the apathy of the voters. You're right. The way you get somebody out office, you vote them out. But if you go look at the stats, look at the people that continue to vote over and over, and you go out on the street and you say, what do you, oh, I don't want nothing to do with politics. What they don't understand about that apathy and doing nothing, they're accepting whatever they're given. There, hence Joe, as you're talking about, he's been there. He's going to stay there because typically you're going to have mom and daddy, grandma, people who voted for him for years. And they'll go, well, wait a minute. We don't get no change. Well, what did you expect? You did the same thing, right? Come on. We all know that story. We all, you keep doing it. What you going to get? Yeah, You're going to get the same thing. You know, and it's wild because I'm one of those weird people who has been a politics nerd since I was six. Like I remember the Berlin wall coming down. I remember seeing Gorbachev while walking through Sears and people had cigarettes in the department store. I'm like, what? But like, I remember this, like, you know, I, you know, I was paying attention to all of this. And, you know, once I turned 18, I turned 18 in 2000. So I could actually vote, you know, as soon as I turned 18. And that's when I started realizing that, that my voice didn't count for anything. And it was for two reasons, the Electoral College and gerrymandering. Oh. Uh, and I, I, I voted I voted in every election uh, since I turned 18. And I've still believed that my voice did not count because I've always lived in Texas. And Texas has you know always gone Republican as far as, well, not always, but, you know, since I've been of voting age. Uh, so, you know, it's really just like, you know, that's where, what causes a lot of the apathy is because people don't feel like they have a voice, you know, so they can't they can't contact the representatives. They, you know, get gerrymandered to where, you know, they, they don't have a voice there. And then when they do vote, they've got this group of whoever it is, whoever the electors are that, you know, says, oh, well, you know, 51 percent of the state voted this way. So. You know, screw the forty other, the forty nine percent. You know, so there, there's so many reasons why people are apathetic. Yeah. I want to add. I want to add one thing to that. Uh, you know, you also have these gatekeepers within the party that if you come in there and yep. you're talking something different, they will shut you out. They will be like, I don't, I don't no, no, we're gonna go do the same thing that we've been doing for the past 20, 30 years. But I'm like, if it if it's not working, why are we continuing to do the same thing? That makes no sense. That's that's asinine. Why? And and it's because you have these gatekeepers who who just who just gatekeep and they and they don't want to let the new voices in. And so you know you meet that, and 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 that's that's demoralizing. You're like, well, damn, I'm trying to get involved. I'm trying to express my voice, and I, I'm getting told, uh, you know, you're not a true Democrat, or you know, because I think differently, or because I want the party to do more. Because I'm not satisfied with crumbs. I, I, we've gotten yep. to this point where we are satisfied with crumbs. And I'm like, mm -hmm. my generation is not satisfied with crumbs. Millennials, Gen Z, 
those they don't want crumbs because they've seen where crumbs get you nowhere it gets you 40 and 50th rank in in economy and healthcare and and education that's where crumbs get you we don't want crumbs no more we we want the whole pie yeah it's like they're just trying to maintain the status quo just enough so they can stay comfortable and empower themselves and they don't you know what i mean this is just like people like myself and you and, and and chase we're a different breed of democrats we won't march to the tune of status quo we're the kind of people that i guess i know chase is that you, you punch him in the face you better kill him because he's gonna get back up after you <laughs> somebody just tell me that big man hurt you but the gist of it is if they see the fear say say he get elected he goes up there. They got to make sure he's in check. And he said, I don't know who you think I am, but I'm not that guy. I'm not your boy. So you better go somewhere else with this. And they go, oh, my God, we got a problem. Who the heck the West think he is? He better step in line. You know what? We don't need Democrats step in line. We need Democrats back in the middle working for the people, period. And I think I, I definitely know Chase real good that he's that kind of person. You know, he, he's just a sharp guy. And the thing is, is uh, we have to stop doing status quo. And you guys heard, if you watched or heard any of my stuff, I've said it several times. I ain't status quo. Won't be. Never have been. I'm the most uncooperative dude that, that you met. Even when I was young in the military, they told me, here's a quick story. I don't want to go too far. They said, Miss Seaman Baggett, you have to sign this paperwork. And I said, no, I don't. And they go, oh, yes, you do. I go, no, no, I don't. You tell me why I'm violating an order by not signing. You signed the paper. <laughs> but just that, you got to escape. I don't care what you do today, yesterday, today we're here. And we're here today and tomorrow's the future. Forget the past. If you want to live there, go home. Let the people that want to serve Texans stand up and do the job at the end if we are always thinking in the past, if you're always looking in the past, there's no future. The future is the past, and it is not the answer. The future is whatever we all make it, right? I mean, it, it just it, the, the party needs fresh blood, and I'm really hopeful about Harris County because we have a new um, uh, head of the, the Harris County. He's a millennial, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. fantastic. It's somebody we can talk to relate to is not going to talk down to you like you're a child and mm-hmm. it, it, it's 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 refreshing <laughs> yeah yeah it's man, awesome. real, blood. real yeah, life's got to get take, together Liz. yeah because like that apathy transfers over to people not wanting to run for office it run, run, goes into them not yeah. wanting to take up like being the most minimal is like precinct chair nobody wants to do that nobody yeah. even knows what that is mostly um we need people that are like us to be taking these positions of power, yes. no matter how small it is. I don't care. A dog catcher, president, I don't care. <laughs> it just it has right. to be somebody who's willing to just come down to earth and see what's going on and come down to everyone's level instead of being up there in their ivory tower. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'll just say this, at least as far as uh, uh, being a uh, you know state representative, a state representative makes seventy two hundred dollars a year. Now, why on earth would you know a, a, a person who's making a great living or whatever want to do that 
and want to do it for 20, 30 years unless they're getting, you know, something on the back end. Um, like I know that, 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 you know, come, come election day, you know, if I, if I'm lucky enough to get elected, I'm going to take a pay cut and I'm going to have to figure something out. I know that, uh, because there's no way that I can work a full-time job, you know, and, you know, serve the people. Um, yeah, the studio will stay you know, running. I'll have my employees who are already here running it. And hopefully, you know, that just, you know, will help take care of it. But I mean, you can't tell me that these multimillionaires, you know, just really, oh, I love this $7,200 a year job. Like, no. Dude, they're they're talking about they need some pocket change. <laughs> I mean, serious. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, just I, 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 a lot of it is power. And, and yep. you know, we need to elect people who don't want power. They just want the power to change, fix things, to change things, to make things better and then get out and then let the next generation come in and, and you know, make, you know, whatever adjustments are needed because this world changes day to day. You know, yep. three years ago, we didn't know about COVID. The last plague we'd heard of was a bubonic plague or, well, I mean, the Spanish flu, I guess, but most people didn't even know about that. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, your life can change every single day. So you, you cannot expect someone to be in office for 20, 30 years and, you know, really know how the world has changed when they're just kind of sitting there, you know, counting their dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or waiting for the next donate uh, donation to come in. You know, you, mm -hmm. you, you, you can't relate. You're just, you're out of touch. And, uh, you know, one thing I like is uh, when I see, candidates have or politicians have a strong hand in the community that they're that they don't just come around during election time like be there 365 be you know let the people know who you are let and then you know what's another thing that uh candidates have to do when, when you do something good you have to brag because the media is not going to brag on you you know you're going to already get pushed back from the republicans on how you did this or we need to be boastful about when we do something right we need to throw our own, we need to, you know, pat yourself on the back. You need, that's just things that you have to do. And you have to explain why, what you did, why it's good, what the changes is going to make. Because the mainstream media, the news, they don't, they're not going to do that. They like divisiveness. They like to pit the two, the two sides against each other. Because I don't know if anybody knows, but, you know, a lot of your, uh, a lot of the mainstream news companies like CNN and Fox and, you know, people don't understand that those are run by the same billionaires. Those are the same yep. billionaires pitching people against each other. And they're like, yeah, we're going to watch these fools fight and, and then we're going to get all this money on the back end. And so mm -hmm. we really got to change that. And so I want to ask everybody, we're going to move on to our next question. Um, and we kind of, you know, went off on some different tangents, <laughs> but that's OK. Uh, how do we feel about the direction the Biden administration has gone? How how do we what do what do y'all feel as though how do y'all feel he's doing so far basically? If you want an honest answer, I'm gonna say average. Okay, okay, we got an average. I mean, yeah. Average. Okay, go ahead, Chase. Go ahead, explain it. Explain. It. I mean, explain. I I really don't have any other words for it except for average. Like, I mean, I, I don't think that he's destroying the country, mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, I I don't see any huge like just 
change things that that you know he's doing that are going to help us for years to come you know so i i i'm i'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say average and that, and that's very honest i mean I, I i agree i mean he hasn't destroyed the country but what what major change ha, has he brought to people what can you say and honest I, I and yes they just they just passed the infrastructure bill and that is great i i think but like I said before, the infrastructure bill doesn't go far enough. And this is the this is the infrastructure bill that's going to be a basically a, a corporate giveaway to, to, to companies and, and the infrastructure. So and, and you, this is the whole thing that, that just pisses me off with this whole entire infrastructure thing. We were supposed to there was supposed to pass them at the same time. They were supposed to pass the infrastructure bill and the human infrastructure bill. And they just kind of reneged on the on on the, on the human infrastructure bill, and they were just like, "Well, we're just gonna pass this infrastructure bill, give this money to these corporations, uh, and y'all are, are just gonna have to suck it up." And then another thing they did, they kept on taking all the great provisions out, all of the great provisions. I I, I mean, just things that 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 would help the American people, things that we were asking for, things that Biden ran on, and you took them yeah. out. And then they added to the cost of Medicare B. That, that makes no sense. No, so long, so so the gist is, Biden is. I don't care if it's a Republican or Democrat. He played to the big corporation. He took a crap on the people. All of us. At the end of the day, I you're being nice. Now I just realized that Biden is sitting there. Call this has been coming a long time. It's like the. The roaring 20s, the big boom that was coming, the crash of the stock market. You can't keep going. You're going to blow up eventually. And that Biden's just sitting there, all these years, stuff coming at him, and he's doing his own thing and just tap dancing along with the big corporations like we all thought he opposed. But, of course, he's been, how many years he's been a politician? 40. Uh, yeah. So he long and quit thinking he need to do something for the people. You know, at the end of the day, hey man, I'm going home. <laughs> you know, and that's and that's his honest truth about it. But he's sitting there when all this stuff is gonna go south. Guess what? You get the credit whether you want it or not. Yeah. Whether you had any direct impact on it, it's you still getting the credit. <laughs> you know, it's unfortunate, but I I definitely would even say I wouldn't even give him an average chase. I I just just don't i think he's a career politician he proves our point about term limits mm -hmm. and they say what they need to say to get in office and they will forget it as soon and then they will justify later on why well you know do we really need the human part of it well yeah you know all the people that voted for you maybe that might be a hint here i'm just guessing right but the gist is that's the problem with having no term limits on politicians you get these cases out there they've been there too long like senator Manchin, liz talked about and these other folks have been there way too long it's time to go home you know it's like being a football a quarterback at the height of your career and you keep trying to throw and you end up at the bottom of your career there's a time to go home yeah i oh yeah go ahead liz <laughs> i'm sorry no, liz. i have to say it's not that great it could have been a lot better if he just kept the promises that he had made um he made some promises to, to, to for texas he has not kept those 
Um, has he really taken a closer eye and seen what's going on over here? He's pretending it's not happening. He's just really good at maintaining the status quo. Mm -hmm. And it's the whole world can be on fire around him, but he doesn't care. It, it has to be the way it's always been. And that's very frustrating because it's, he's stuck in his ways. Yeah. Stuck yeah. in his ways and we cannot negotiate or with somebody who's stuck in their ways, especially if they feel like they're the most senior person in the room and therefore, you know, it's, you know what I mean? So yeah, I know all and I know best. Yeah, it's like, I, I don't know how we could, could even, but I'm, I'm hoping that he does come through. But the infrastructure bill, I think is just a bunch of, of fluff. I think it's just for them to pat themselves on the back to make it look like yeah. they actually did something. And that's why they're selling it to us so hard. Granted, yeah, I do think we need roads. We do need cross, mm -hmm. you know, we need rails. We need things like that taken care of. We need all of that done. But what's the point of it if people are too sick to even get to work? They can't get childcare. Yep. How are they going to go work and create all this stuff? Yeah. And take these jobs if there's no infrastructure, human infrastructure in in, in place to take care of those basic. Yeah. human needs it's like and, putting up sea rock without putting up studs yeah they're just telling us well tough we keep pulling yourself up by your bootstraps you're just not pulling hard enough and then when i hear the democrat party saying the same crap it just it angers me so much it does. because it's not about that people are working two three jobs they still can't make rent they're still being thrown on the street they're still living in their cars they're still starving they still cannot get snap benefits to feed their children because they made too much money the last year. They might have lost their job this year, but they go by the income you've earned the last year. So you have to wait a year of unemployment while your children starve and you starve before you can even get help. Mm -hmm. And that's by design. Yes. And then you've got Republicans calling you lazy because you're getting unemployment <laughs> and you're not working. And <laughs> It's like you earned it. I'm sorry. We pay out to Medicare. We pay out to Medicare. Every single person who has had a paycheck, who has paid into Medicare, deserves Medicare and Medicaid because the whole agreement was it was supposed to be there in times of need, in the times of emergencies. We can't get it in those times of needs. They are the ones who broke the contract here, as far as I'm concerned. So if we, we I wish we could stop paying our taxes. Screw them. Let's cut them off. Cut off these billionaires. Stop paying your taxes. <laughs> Stop. How about start defunding them? <laughs> Let's go ahead and start defunding taxes. Exactly. Let's defund billionaires. Yeah, defund the billionaires. That's what I'm talking about. Well, you know, the problem is the billionaires are the ones the politicians are pandering to. And if you ain't got, then the politician go, well, I ain't gonna go to Chase here. He ain't got nothing. I won't. Yeah. He ain't got no, you know. The thing is, it's like taxes. Somebody asked me about taxes one time, man. And I said, you know what a tax increase is? It says we mishandled your money. We're irresponsible. We want more. And how dare you question our greatness to mishandle your money? <laughs> That's what a tax increase is. If you have a budget of $50,000, and you're trying to get three hundred thousand dollars. Well, why do I need to be accountable? And I just, I agree with you, Liz. It's just like rah, you want to wring somebody's neck if they want to wake up, you know? Yeah, <laughs> they're acting like this is the greatest thing he's done. I, I guess it is, but is it the best thing he should have done? No. No. <laughs> no. 
And I just, I just fear that maybe by him being president, we've only prolonged the inevitable um, takeover <laughs> of the control of the Republican Party entirely. Um, I, I just feel like maybe we just kind of put a pause button for a little bit and gave ourselves some time, but he's not cooperating enough to, to be able to help us. I want to ask. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's go ahead and continue. No, I'm done. I'm done. I, I want to ask y'all a question. How do we get like the bulk of Democrats? Because from what I've seen, you know, this is how a lot of the younger generations view politics. But a lot of the older generation, they are, you know, unless, you know, unless you, you know, they don't, a lot of older people, what I'm trying to say, a lot of older people in the Democratic Party, they, they can't, they can't see the issues they are they have these blinders on they just have these blinders on and they can't see any of the problems but younger millennials and you know even some people in the older generations they see the issue so how do we how do we get the older generation to kind of like get on board like how do we like how do we get them to call a spade a spade appeal, appeal to their needs that's my only guess appeal to the needs like i mean for one thing what was wasn't there a contingency in in the bill that was supposed to give seniors dental care, and that was yeah. taken out? That and the Democrats out. had promised that. They promised that. They they got the votes of boomers because they promised that kind of stuff. Yeah. And now they just completely went back on their word. And all this bending over backwards in you know weird contorted shapes just to appease the Republican Party, it makes the Democrats look like it, they're not going to do anything for anybody. It makes them look weak. It makes yeah. them look weak. And yeah. then people want to know, well, why don't you want to vote for me? You know, Republican bad. We're better than them. But it's like, you're weak and you're not going to do nothing for me. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that that's one of the biggest problems is we have not shown a backbone yes. in, in, in at least 30 years. And I mean, you know, kind of going on what Liz was talking about as far as like, you know, how do we appeal to the older people or whatnot? Like, as far as to get them to vote for a, like, a new person or a younger person or whatever, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to. And, and Larry, forgive me. You know, don't hate me. But if you, and I <laughs> okay, were, if you and I were running in the same district, had the same exact platform and everything, I guarantee you, you would win over the, the 40 to 80-year-old population. I mean, just because you're, I mean, you're older than me. I'm not saying you're ancient or anything. But, I mean, that's just how people think. People vote for people who look like them or who, who they think yeah, represent yeah. them. Um, so, I mean, you know, I don't know that there's, you know, pe people are set in their ways. Well, the um, thing is, I, I've made a comment before to people in the chase. I made a comment. I said, sometimes I wish we were blind because we we have all these prejudices, phobias, judgments. Oh, you're not... And a lot of this comes from a back to Roman and Greek mythology time, how they determine what a leader looks like, square jaw, and all that. And that's where Hitler come about because he thought it was his responsibility to reestablish the Roman Empire. And this goes back to Aristotle's stock. This goes back to years and years. So we're still living and we got these mindsets about Oh, well, that guy's tall. He'll make a good leader. No, he's an idiot. He's just a tall idiot. That's all. You know? <laughs> tall idiot. 
and I'm telling you right now, Liz, as well, kudos to women in the military. I'll tell you right now, mm-hmm. I found it was easier to work for a woman in the military than it was a man. Because I'm telling you, typically, if I say, all right, Miss Townsend, you're now in charge. You go, okay, we'll get it done. You go over here and tell Joe over here, uh, Mr. Jones, you're in charge. He can't get a hat on his head no more. It, it's a whoosh. It just swells up. And the thing is, I really love seeing more women around me because, because I think it's great because, you know, I've always sported women in combat. I, my theory was, I think I told you, Chase, one time, there are a lot easier to carry dead bodies than heavy men, right? Some people said, that's a little sick, but it's true. But the gist of it is, I have served with many women who I respected way more because they were down to earth. Mm-hmm. They got the job done in a professional manner and not an arrogant manner. You can get the job done without being a jerk in the world, you know. But there again, we're, let's get back to what we're discussing. These mindsets people have, right? The mindsets. And like like you just said, Chase, they would look at me that way. They didn't. They wouldn't realize that you're a heck of a lot smarter than I am. Way smarter than I am on certain things, you know. So uh, it, it's a mindset. It's hard to get over. And I think a younger person, if you want to show that to an older person, be willing to stand your ground. Don't move. Yeah. Don't budge. Don't flinch. When you flinch, you lose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think see if you can handle that. I, I've had one guy while I was campaigning. Oh, here's an awful big dude. I'm glad we were in a public place because I thought they wanted to kill me personally. I didn't. I'm a happy-go-lucky Mr. Guy. This guy told him I was running as a, uh, on the Democratic ticket. Oh Lord, have mercy. Woo! He was preset in his mind. That all Democrats were anti-flag, anti-American, anti-this, anti-that. And he, as a Republican, had the book of knowledge, the book of life. And it was right what he was shoveling. But I understand, too, when you don't agree with me, I don't have to get mad at you, Liz. Just mean you've been conditioned certain things. There's certain experiences you have that I do not have. Therefore, you are opted to give it definition. Nothing is right or wrong. It's only what you decided to be. That's the philosophy lesson with this one. <laughs> well, I mean, also, um, not a lot of younger people are voting. That's the demographic that votes the most in every single election. So there's a lot of apathy towards just everybody voting, especially here in Texas. Because what are we, 50th now in voting? Something like that. Yeah, something. I think it's 50th. <laughs> what? That's not great. I no. mean, it's not good at all. And uh, I'm hoping that with, like you said, we need fresh blood. We, as long as we have younger candidates and it's starting to look like us, the ones who are going to be inheriting this shit show, then maybe, you know, we can get millennials and, and Gen Z, everybody out into the polls and to give a damn because it's, it's showing that, hey, there is some change being happening here. We are changing things and it's going to happen and you can be on board with it. But I just, I don't know how to get that there. Well, I mean, and one thing that that I've made a a very, you know, distinct point to do in my campaign so far is to not mention my party, uh, you know, very often at all. Not that I'm, you know, ashamed to be a Democrat, you know, because that's not the case, but you know, we get caught up on these labels. Democrat is this Republican is this. And because I haven't just, you know, 
then going, oh, Democrat, we're, you know, I'm a Democrat running for this. I'm Democrat, Democrat. You know, I'm not shoving this down people's throats. People aren't necessarily associating me with the Democratic Party. I mean, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm rather liberal. I'm probably quite a bit more liberal than Larry. But um, I don't you know. know. You don't know my background, so I wouldn't well, leave it right there. We'd be. <laughs> but, you know, you really I don't know my background. <laughs> a lot of my friends are very hardcore Republicans, and you know, uh, like on my Facebook or what, and, and you know, I'll, I'll talk to them in person, and I'll be like, "Listen, what do you think about this?" You know, talking about policies and stuff like that. And like, yeah, I like that. I like that, and. I've been very surprised just even over the last two weeks. I've I've been out to a lot more events and I've been talking to some of my very hardcore Republican friends. And I'm I'm like, listen, hey, I'm running for Texas state representative. You know, this is my platform, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, you're Republican or Democrat? I'm like, Democrat. Well, they're like, I don't support your party, but I'll support you. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I think a lot of times that's about the person. Uh, it's about the person and what they stand for and, you know, what they've proven themselves to be to the people of their community. Uh, you can't just be someone who just moves into a community and says, OK, well, I'm going to run and I've done this and I've done that wherever I was. You know, you, you have to be a participant in your community. And, you know, I think that, you know, will get attention of younger and older people, um, you know, as well. Yeah, we need something like that. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, you know, politicians and and candidates running have to they have to go where 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 people are. They have to especially go where young people are. Uh, you have to meet especially young people. You have to meet them where they are at because they're not going to come to you. So you have to go to them. You have to find them, and you have to be like, "Hey, this is who I am." This is what I'm running on. This is what, you know, this is my vision. This is what I've done. You know, that that has to be the way we get to young people because, you know, young people don't care about politics. I talk, I, you know, me as being someone who's 29, who have a lot of young friends, you know, I, I you know, whenever I do talk politics with them, they're like, yeah, bro, you know, that's you, G. I, I don't, you know, they're like, I don't care. And it's like, you know, because they've seen the same thing over and over again. And here I'm saying, hey, well, look, get involved now. And it, and it may change. Like if you, it, you know, and a lot of young people are like, well, that's too much. You know, they're like they, they don't want to they don't want to go. They don't want to fall for that. They, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to do all that fight. And it's like it's it's paramount. But, you know, another thing that I always say is, you know, candidates have to run on things that's going to make people want to be interested in you and want to go vote for you. You know, just common sense things. Like I always say on the show, legalizing marijuana, uh, 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 student loans, you know, getting rid of student loans. I mean, people can't even start families because they have huge amounts of student debt. That You want to get a young person? Tell them that that you're going to help them get rid of some of them student loans. Do that. That tell them that you're gonna legalize marijuana and that you're gonna have better jobs. And I, I think too, what you're saying too, Dion, is uh, the fact on the student loans. Instead of some people get demoralized, I don't need you giving me uh, charity. Okay, well let's extend it out. Let's make it so if it's fifty a month, a hundred, something 
that you don't demoralize that person. Think, well, I can, I can get it paid. No, you can't. You can't even live right now. But there's a way to gratify them too. And I agree with you, man. It's like hospital bills, right? They need to be writing on hospital. You know, that's that's why we really too need more socialized medicine in this country. Good God, we. I don't think no one can argue that, but that point. But the gist of it is, is just getting people to not demoralize them, but get, empower them. You want to yeah. empower people. Because see what happens, I think, in people's mindset is, well, you know, I don't have much. I guess I'll never be nobody. You got to empower with it. The biggest enemy they got is inside them. That's it. Don't forget what Larry, Chase, Liz, Dion, any of us says. Because if until you can look in the mirror and realize you're the power that exists in your universe, and I don't, I would not, I would like to see a way to stretch out them college loans. Don't be no student. I couldn't pay $500 a month on a college loan. I'll be broke. I won't have gas to go to work and get the money to do it, right? You know? <laughs> but you got to, you got, you got, I guess in essence, you got to help them out without hurting them. Well, you know, and the issue with the student loans, though, is not necessarily the actual amount of the student loans, it's the compounding interest. Yes. You know, you're sitting here, you're paying the $500 a month for your student loans and 20 of it's going to the principal. That's where the problem is. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm all for like, you know, uh, you know, having like, you know, possibly free uh, community college, something like that. Um, You know, I think a university or something like that, you know, I, I don't have a problem with, with, you know, people having to pay for it. You know, I don't really... I'm, uh, I'm not for or against uh, on that, but I mean, the int- the problem is the corporate, you know, the corporation yeah. giving out these loans, charging this crazy interest to where people are paying yeah. on their student loans until they die. Instead of sitting a max amount where they cannot exceed, but that'd be like trying to tell the government, you this is your max amount. You can't go past that tax that they'll go, well, we'll raise the ceiling. Uh, mm-hmm. No. Yeah, and, no, I get what you're saying. Go ahead, Liz. Oh, sorry. Like, yeah, I was saying, like, people went nuts with student loans in the in the 2000s, just as they went crazy with home ownership, but bad mortgages. Yeah. How did we deal with the mortgage issue? Maybe that's we can look at that as a way of dealing with uh, student loans. But how much of the money? I, I'm not. This is a genuine question. I wonder how much of the money ends up in the government's pocket. How much of it goes? to the government's pocket and how much of it are they able to allocate to different certain pet projects? Because I don't see it ever being forgiven if it's a piggy bank of some sort, but I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I don't know either, but I, you know, I, I'm sure it is, you know, benefiting, you know, some people uh, in ways that they don't want us to know. Yeah. I mean, think about it. How much money would be injected immediately within one month into the economy if all student loans descended if everybody just didn't pay their student loans yes and we decided to go get our new tires instead you know we decided to fill up our gas tank all the way this time get super size you know like it's it's what if we could do that that would give us our generation so much power yeah. it would give us a lot of power it would give us the economic advantage and i it, it just feels like a thumb 
just pushing down on us constantly. Since 2000, it's just been just pressure and pressure and pressure and just not being able to get further ahead ever. I mean, we are, a great generation has had 9-11 uh, uh, opioid uh, issues. Katrina. Uh, yeah, we've had, yeah, the economy crash, housing market crash, student loans have piled up unbelievably. Now we have COVID. We survived Trump somehow. And, you know, we, we, we got a government teetering on the edge of, uh, you know, incivility. So, um, yeah, like, what, what, what do we do? Like, it would just be so great if we could just put that there. Like, <laughs> just, hey, we got extra 500 bucks. Like, that 500 bucks a month, what would you do with an extra 500 bucks? You know, you can do a lot. Yeah. And uh, I just don't like the way things are going. And I just, it's its like we have our mommies and our daddies having to tell us what we have to do and what we can't do. That's um, just pushing us down even further. Sorry, I'm attention. You are right on point. You are exactly yeah, right on point. It just feels, yeah, it just, it's too much pressure. It's its a lot of pressure. Our generation has gone through way too much pressure to deal with any more bullshits. And I think that's why they're afraid of us taking over. Because we're tired of it. We would actually enact change and we would destroy the status quo. We would reshape it into something, yeah. an actual more shake it up. Union. Yeah. There we go. We'll shape it into a more perfect union. We want that shiny city on a hill. We, we were promised when we were in school. We didn't get that. But you know what? We can make it. We can make that happen. No. If we just got together and just we're stronger together in numbers. Yeah. Which is why, I, you know, I really am a strong advocate for the candidates getting out there and just talking to people one on one, going to, to different events, talking to people there. You know, we cannot rely on the party system you know, to, you know, get our names out there. Yeah. They may help us a little bit. Uh, but you know, the people who are really going to be change makers, if we're going to get elected, we have to get out there and do the work, you know, uh, ourselves, uh, because trust me that the establishment does not want us, no. They don't. <laughs> but the people, if they know that we exist, they will. Yeah. So, I mean, really, we just got to do the work. That, that, that's all there is to it. Yeah. You know, we have to understand that, that when the establishment sees people like us, they see people with hammers coming to, to tear it all down. Because I, I, I can't imagine having Chase in office, Larry in office, or you, in, or you Liz in office, and, and y'all letting corruption go rampant, y'all letting the status quo... There we go. That's what I like to see. Bring out them hammers, man. I like it, it's so cool. Maybe that's what we're too socialist. We're too socialist. Oh, or, or, or we're too, you know, all those all those damn dumb labels. I mean, I, I get called uh, a socialist, a communist, and I'm like, you can't even tell me what those definitions mean. I'm like. I'm like, okay, you don't want poor people to get money, but you're fine with billionaires and corporations getting money. I'm like, so you don't want the little guy to get money, but you want the guy who already got money to get money? I'm like, so you're for you're for socialism for for for, for the rich. Like, I mean, I mean, it, you you can flip it right back on them. Like, all, 
at the end of the day, you're just saying words. And, and you know, people just say words and they don't even know what they mean. They just they just say they just read from their talking points from Fox News and one American um news network, and they just and they feel so empowered. I mean, and it's 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 a little sad because I mean, they're they're out of there. They are lost, and a lot of those people are the ones who are also suffering. But Democrats do that too with MSNBC yeah. oh, and yeah. CNN. <clears throat> you know, we all have our echo chambers that yes. you know most people are caught in, and we don't hear anything else except you know this, 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 this. Uh, and until we get out there and really talk to people you know, about specific issues without, you know, saying, oh, I voted for Trump or I voted for Biden or like until we get out there and just talk, you know, forget parties. You know, I have no problem working with a Republican who is working to better the state, you know, to better the lives of the people of the state. I have no problem with that. You know, I don't think that Republicans are inherently evil, uh, you know, which, you know, a lot of the left wing, you know, news would want to, you know, have me, you know, believe you know and i don't believe that that all democrats are you know communist you know socialists you know people who you know just want to overthrow everything and live in this you know tree hugging utopia you know i really think that if you really just talk to people like you'll realize that we all just want a place where we can be happy we can be safe we can have food we can have a roof over our head we can we can send our kids to college we can make sure that our kids aren't getting shot on the streets every night. I think we all want that. We just sometimes have a different idea of how to get there. And that's why we've got to talk. And that's why we got to stop latching on to parties and latching on to, oh, well, you know, I'm, you know, we just, we got to stop. I mean, we got to really, stop. We gotta stop. Well, yeah, that's why people, like, that's why candidates like Trump went, worked really well because he was an outsider. You have to be from the outside at this point because there's been so many promises and so many disappointments over the years, so much corruption for both sides. And um, it, it's, it's just, how do you, it, that also contributes to the apathy and indifference towards voting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also part of the problem. And I mean, I really think the only way we can solve it is to get elected and prove it. I mean, yeah. really? more young people need to run. Yeah, like school boards. I mean, there's so many openings on school boards, and it's like, oh, you might think, oh, I don't have, I'm not a parent, or I, I, I'm not, you know, I haven't been a parent long enough, or I don't have the time. Make the time because this is why books are getting burnt. They're going to get burned, basically, and it's because we have allowed these people to take all of these local seats. How many local seats from the very bottom to the very top? are all filled with Republicans. And it could have easily been filled with Democrats or an independent, but they never came up. No one stepped forward. No one just stepped up because we only care about the big elections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's another problem within the party. You know, we only show up every every four years, not even, not even in the midterm elections. You know, uh, and that's something that we have to as a party or just as people who want a better system, we have got to feel like Liz is saying, fill up these positions. I mean, because, you know, even the dog catcher, your, your state board, those people make important decisions. And, and a lot of times we have people who are making decisions who don't look like us, 
who don't represent us, who don't even have the same backgrounds as us. You know, so we have to run. And I, I always try and tell young people, you know, as mad as you are with the system, get out there and fight the system. Fight to make it better. You, we, we, we are literally in the fight of our lives. I, I really feel like politically, this is a time where we are really in the fight of our lives, and we have to make some some things change. Or you know what, we gonna be like France. I always say we will be like France. We already kind of got the let them eat cake mentality, and and so we need to we need to stop that. Or you know. Ultimately, people are going to start revolting in the streets. And, and, and you know, with this inflation happening, you know, all of these things are just getting us closer and closer to, to that horrible reality. And it's and it's and we're going to look back in history. And we're going to be like, well, damn, what the hell happened? And it was, you know, we let this money in politics. We let the wrong people. We we got apathetic and we did not care. And we came more consumed with what's going on on with the Kardashians and 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 you know who's kissing who, and we've totally lost track. And we've let these people run out the back with the money. You see, every billionaire going to goddamn space. I mean, I I don't want to, you know, I don't know, but hell, shit. When when things hit the fan, I can see the I can see every you go just just see spaceships flying off. You're like, damn, they left us. That's if we don't eat them first. <laughs> and I'll tell you one thing that 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 really shows, you know, kind of with this group of people, you know, but this panel here, that you don't see with the career politicians. Every single one of us has gotten to a point in this whole conversation where we're almost yelling because we are so passionate about what we're trying to fight for. You don't see that on Capitol Hill. You see, you know, little theatrics and, you know, oh, okay, you know, we're going to kneel in solidarity for, you know, whatever. Yes. But in this panel, you've seen every single one of us get worked up because we're passionate about, you know, our communities, our state. And you will not see that from a career politician. We're very, 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 very rarely. <laughs> and it's yeah. always somebody from the outside. They're always from the outside. There's always somebody from the outside. And I think that's one of your advantages is that you're, you're in the community, but you're outside of that culture of mm -hmm. what is ruling 132, that, that political culture. You're coming mm -hmm. from the outside because and you're relatable and you actually live in the community. That's, that's a good thing. We have so much yeah. representation that, we, that people are not from, you know, the communities. Where it, like you, I think you mentioned earlier, they moved to, they moved to the districts on purpose. Mm -hmm. just to run for that office and they've never been there. They don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. They don't know what's going on down the street. They don't go, don't know where the best coffee in town is. They don't know how to talk to the locals or their mm -hmm. local culture. Um, there's so I, much I think, that going on. And I think you're right. That's why we would never hear it from a regular politician because they're so detached from society. All right, well. I think the biggest gist of what we're, I think what we're talking about, trying to get those voters out there, they got to wake up. They have to wake up. And if you don't sound the alarm, they will sleep because they've become comfortable. Most people, I call them walking deads. They don't think. But I love what one guy said. If everyone actually talked about what they were thinking about, there'd be little conversation in this Ooh. world. But most people <laughs> don't think. And the thing is, and my goal personally, 
is always just get people to think about what you're doing. Just hell, give it a give it a few minutes. You might find you can. It's like can Liz, Can I ask you them books in your bookshelf? What what kind of books you have back there? Oh, I've got a couple school books over here. I just got, pick one. Give me a name. Um. No. The art uh, of the deal. Uh, yeah, there we go. The art of the deal. Okay. Gulag. Right. There we go. Gulag. Okay. All right. Just we'll go with the art of the deal. Gulag. <laughs> art of the deal is, you know, people say power is knowledge. No, it is not. Uh, knowledge is power. It's putting it all those books back there. You can read all the best books in the world, but if you don't put anything with it, you I, I've said it before, constipation of information. You're wandering around with all this stuff, and it's time to wake the people up. Say so you need to wake up understand you don't want to be involved when you wake up and you don't have these civil liberties you're right you go what the hell happened well i'll tell you what happened my friend you were asleep when we were trying to wake you up and the key thing is like you said i think it's great you stay away from the party you got to get them like chase west you got to get them like Liz. you got all the people out here you you want them to know you you don't want them them to go oh well you're a democrat no i'm not i'm a i'm a human being like you I have passions. I have beliefs. We have, and when you get the party politics out, you actually find there's a lot of folks with more in common than they want to admit to. Especially politicians. They don't want to admit the fact that they really do believe in essence some of the same things. They just won't say it out loud. You made me kind of realize something that the left is being dehumanized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That you're telling like I'm a human being. It's like wow, we have to get to that point now where we have to literally tell a person I'm another human being, yeah. not mm-hmm. a caricature meme that is on your Facebook page. Right. Yeah. That's I didn't, I've never it, thought it, of it it, that it's way. It's just like it, it, it's just like looking at they say, well, the Democrats are anti-guns and this and that. I think I, I've mm-hmm. I've said something before. You no. come, I tell you what, you come to Texas, take guns away from anybody. <laughs> And you can have a fight. They don't care what party you're part. They're gonna shoot you. It's really simple, guys. And I even told I even told uh, Mister, you know who I'm talking about, Chase, Mister Beto. I said I don't have an assault rifle. I'm gonna have to buy one. Get you come try to take it because I got a feeling you better bring some help. You know I don't like people that assume because the party we running on the Democratic platform. Yes, but we're individuals with true passion in the belief that we can make a difference. We're not looking at skin color, sex, what you do in your private life. Don't really care who you sleep with personally. But it's about waking people up. No, you got some folks ready to serve you. Now, do you want somebody to serve you or you want to go to sleep and stay that, you want to stay in that that state of sleep and you wake up, you've been enslaved, but you've allowed it to happen because you would not wake up and take action. Well, in this group, there's action takers. Period. I don't see no. I don't see no sheep. As far as I can tell by my hearing, telling me there's sheep here. I think we got lions in this room. Oh yeah. yeah on, on, on this panel. I don't know about you, but I, I sometimes you got to take a bite out of somebody's a lion to remind them you're there. You know. <laughs> All right, Tyson. That kind of makes me think too. Like, why are like the Dems have been bent over backwards so much to where all the good provisions that they had promised the people have been taken out of the even just the infrastructure bill? Um, Why are we letting? Why are we doing that? Why? 
Okay, so what we could do is just deny the Republicans what they want. The bill fails, and then the economy collapses, and guess who's guess who's at fault for it? They are. So they would end up having to be accountable. But Honestly, right, though, like this, 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 this Trumpian Republican style that has evolved. I mean, it's for, for Democrats that are you know uh, in office, really anywhere. Uh, it's scary because these are master manipulators like they can make like they will never take any accountability and to their base who are not awake and i'm i'm not gonna start calling them sheep or anything like that but to their base who are so loyal to them you know they have this this way to turn things around and, and make it uh the other people's fault uh and i I'm not that type of person, so I really don't understand how to do that. I really don't want to learn how to do that because that could be dangerous. Uh, but like they, this new age of, of Trumpian, you know, politician is is the reason why we can't get anything done in Washington D.C. because you know we've got the majority, but we're afraid. Well, oh, if if, if we piss off too many of them, we're going to lose the majority. Well, if we don't piss off enough of them, we're going to lose a majority also. So, you know, you got, you got to pick one. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's why we look weak. Yeah. You're absolutely right. You're so, right. We need to take a bite out of someone's ass and, and, and make some change because like, you're right. I mean, we're going to lose power no matter what, whichever way we go about it, might as well try to do something at least mm. instead of just sitting down laying down and just taking it because it, it, yeah. it's, it's never going to stop with them yeah well i mean and, and, you know what, what we're what we're doing what you know it, what we think makes us look tough or whatever is you know we, we go on twitter and we we say you know uh, marjorie taylor green looks like a caveman or something that does that doesn't solve anything or we wear a drip or we wear a dress that says tax the rich and then we're like oh yeah i'm doing something yeah i mean yeah. we gotta stop with theatrics and, and, and you know we we have to actually you know do something like yeah. stop you know stop making fun of people stop you know I mean now Ted Cruz is fun to make fun of don't get me wrong <laughs> he's, a, he's immune you know, yeah, he yeah, Ted Cruz is totally immune to this. he doesn't I mean, you know <laughs> uh, you know when, when you get you know hashtags like Can Can Cancun Cruz you know circulating for months at a time yeah. people lose sight of what the hell he's actually doing, you know, you know, the, 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 the bad policies that he's, you know, trying to push, we lose sight of that because we've just got hashtags and we've got memes and we've got caricatures and, you know, we got to realize there's actually stuff going on behind the scenes and we're missing it because we're laughing and sharing memes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that chase. Uh, you know, we, we have, we have become characters of ourselves and mm -hmm. it, and it's so easy easy for republicans to to attach that uh that rhetoric to us because like you said we we, we keep it going like i i mean i still see can um you know cancun cancun uh ted cruz which is funny yes but you know that was months ago that that's old mm -hmm. i mean and even the big bird thing i see people you know who cares like leave it alone like 
we have to fight in different ways and memes and, and, and little slings like that. That's yeah. fine for a week, a week and a half, but we cannot, that cannot be our whole entire message. Yeah. It that, just that, that's not, that's, that's not a tough uh, platform. Exactly. So uh, before we end that show, slightly, I have to count that slightly oh. because, because when you have memes and all that, and it gets so popular. It's about who's control, like controlling the narrative. In a way. Mm-hmm. It's like controlling a narrative. And if yeah. you're very careful about what you put out and what memes you do, you can actually craft a very good internet campaign with that and yeah, control the narrative of it you instead can. of letting it get out of control. If right. Ted yeah. was smart, he would have people doing that, controlling him, <laughs> his image online and how he's viewed. But he doesn't mm-hmm. because he said truth. Um. Yeah, sucks. <laughs> I think that's very important because there is a place for it. I just think yeah. we just harp on it too much. Like it just that'll become somebody's whole entire campaign sitting out memes and and it, you know if you're sitting out memes and you're also out there and you're also I, I guess it just has to have some kind of substance to it. I, I think and there are some uh you know memes with substance. Yeah, I mean, I, I even make some up. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not, it, it, I'm not saying that like we can't have, you know, fun online too, you know. But, you know, it's when we make that our identity, and that's all we're doing, and that's all that we're talking about with our friends. Oh, did you see Big Bird? Did you see, you know, that that's the problem. Uh, and you know, today's society is just so obsessed with, you know, okay, well, what's the next hot thing? You know, on Twitter, like, I mean, there could be something that's going. And then, you know, 30 minutes later, once you finally see it, like, it's done. You post about it, no one cares anymore. It's like, okay. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, we, we got to be, we got, we got to be in person. You know, I understand COVID, you know, you know, wear a mask, you know, do all this stuff, whatever. But we got to be out, we got to be out talking to people in public. Uh, I mean, stuff like this is great also, because uh, a lot of people get to kind of hear, uh, a different viewpoint, and, I, and I, I guarantee you, a lot of your normal listeners are thinking, "Is this my, the Michael Berry show?" Because <laughs> you know, it, a lot of the stuff that we've been saying does not sound like you know typical Democratic talk. No, but I think we're all speaking truth, and you know whether you know hardcore Democrats like it or not. I mean, it's this truth. is our truth, you know. Uh, you don't have to vote for me. You got you got one done one other choice. That's Schofield. So I mean, which one you want? Exactly. That's the right. You're right. Don't give them the choice. <laughs> give them the choice. <laughs> but you know, it, and you know, it, it's horrible. But you know, around the country, I've seen candidates who you know stand up and fight for the right things, and I've seen the Democratic Party endorse the Republican. I mean, it, it's just, yeah. I mean, wow. just some wild yeah, I've seen that too. Wow. Yeah. It, it's wild because you didn't fall in line. You were not, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just disgusting. But yeah. before we end our show, I want to ask y'all one, one thing. What do y'all think uh, will happen in the midterm elections? And y'all can just, you know, we could just go one by one and, you know, everybody can say their piece and then we can uh, we can head on out. But uh, so, uh, Chase, you could go first. What, how, what do you what is your predictions for the midterm elections? 
Um, I think it's going to be mixed results. Um, if we're talking about uh, U.S., I think uh, Republicans will gain control of at least one house. If we're talking uh, Texas, I think the Democrats may fare uh, better than people are expecting. Um, the other states, I, I don't have any research on, but uh, that's what I think, uh, barring some kind of major, you know, meltdown in the White House or D.C. or, you know, some other major catastrophe. Uh, that's what I would predict right now if I were putting money on it. Okay. Uh, Larry? I, I concur with uh, Chase on that. Uh, the Washington, they're going to take control of one of the houses. It, 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 what happened this November is a pro that prelude what's coming exactly. midterm. And if the Democratic Party don't get off this status quo crap, and people like you and I and Liz and we don't, people like us, we have to run for office. We have to make a change and impact in the Democratic Party to reestablish that there is a party that represents the people, not self-interest and all that. So here in Texas, I'm with you, Chase, on that. I think we're going to, we won't gain control, but I no. think you will see some Republicans leave office. Because they've done some stuff up there that they can't get away from. And especially if we harp on that term, we harp on that career politician, like here in District 3, he's on his fourth term. He's four-year generation. What's what's bad about him, whether you support Texas or not, he stood as a Republican. He outright said, told people they didn't have a right to vote on the future of Texas. And so... In the district, he's kind of shaky because the, even the Republicans remember this guy that said, I don't support Texas. I won't endorse it in no way, shape, or form. It's like, dude, you better look at your constituents here. They just want the right to vote. But the gist is, I think we're going to, I think we'll see a change on some Republican seats. We won't gain control by numbers, but with the attitudes, all if we maintain the attitude all three of us talked about, we can get control of the situation with other people across the state mm -hmm. instead of being divisive attack it, it, it just ugliness go in there and, and we can get make things happen without being hate hate happening right mm -hmm. I, I i'm probably missing my word there but you get the point instead of running in the house you're gonna kill you're gonna take them all down walk in the house and take their house down because they just invited you in the house yeah, but still bring the hammer with you. That bring the hammer with you. you bring the hammer. You got to tear the wall down, right? But you can walk in there. You don't have to have the numbers. You have to have the ability to communicate and connect with everybody. And I know some of them they hate you just because you got a D in front of your name. Oh well, I've been I've been hated for worse things. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so Liz, what what are your what are your predictions on the midterm? Nationally, it's going to be a slaughter. Mm -hmm. Honest, that's what I think. It's going to be a slaughter for the Dems nationally because unless we stop compromising and lying and looking like liars to mm -hmm. everybody because people are pissed off about that. I mean, we're talking about truth that we can relate to people on the right side who just might not necessarily have the, 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 the advantage of good information and so if we, if we if we do that maybe we have like a chance 
But I think that the, the biggest race, of course, is going to be Texas. That is going to be the, the most contentious gubernatorial, I think, in national history is what, what's going to happen. Mm. Because this is truly a, a, truly a fight for the heart of this nation. Because if we lose Texas, we lose the heart of this nation. Because what trends in Texas, trends nationally. So our education system starts going in the toilet. Somehow the rest of the country also starts slipping. You know, we, we it just because we're that big, we're that powerful. And um, yeah, I just, uh, it, we just gotta reach out. But I don't see that happening too much because of the way I've seen Washington reacting. Um, maybe we have a chance in Texas to flip it blue. I think we have a chance to flip the house blue. Even if, for God's sakes, like we end up with Abbott again, I think we're going to be able to have a, a majority of the legislature. <clears throat> I don't think we will. But I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think we'll at least have negotiation room. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like let's like make them compromise for once. Yeah. Otherwise, no deal, and all accountability is on them. And they don't want that. They just want to say, "Oh, look, the Dems lied to you. They, 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 they just—they said they were going to do this one thing, but they did this other thing because we told them to." So, you're going to keep voting for them? No, they're going to vote for the Republican from now on, because a Republican is speaking truth. So it may, it may be their truth, but it, it, it's a truth nonetheless. You know what I'm saying? I, I get exactly what you're saying. Louise. Yeah, it's like we, we got to get to them first. We got to get to them and relate to them first. Chase is so right about that. We have to talk in person. We got to relate to each other once again. Because uh, otherwise, I don't see any way of really getting the vote out, of getting people to be excited about it or energized and enthusiastic about voting. As unless you go out in, in their faces and you remind them that this is their fundamental right as an American citizen, you remind them they have power mm -hmm. and they have a voice and that voice counts no matter how small they might think it is, it's still there. Pebble in the, in the river, how many pebbles have collected in the river? You know what I mean? They keep your vote is kind of like that. I don't mean, I'm trying to come up with a way of, of describing it, but your vote is, it might just be one vote, but it's going to end up two votes eventually. It's going to be three, four, five. It's going to cause, if you keep it at work, it's hard work, but you keep working at it. We can reclaim that power because it looks like up until about 70 years ago, we had that. The people had the power in their hands. We had unions. We had good pay. People were able to get a house in their 20s. They were able to get good jobs that last their whole life, that collected pensions. That is unbelievable these days. I cannot imagine myself ever getting that kind of opportunity. My parents had it. I don't see myself ever having it. So why is that? Because we don't have the power to speak up for ourselves. But you're absolutely right. We, we, we lose our power by letting them control us and tell us what to think and how to, to relate to each other. And Fox News is so good at that, oh, so yeah. good at selling the fear, selling the fear. And it's like they, they're, they're able to craft in a way to where they can relate to people. But then they add their BS on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's how they get them. And that's how they kind of, I don't know, it's like they're pushing all these people into some sort of machine where they're just shooting them out constantly. There's like these alt-right weirdos. Rem just like, remind, reminds me of the Pink Floyd video. 
but I mean, you got to understand for, for, for most of recorded history, even before, you know, media and stuff like that, fear equals consumption, fear equals control. If you can, you know, scare enough people into consuming what you want them to consume, you have the control over them. And that's, that's all it is. Uh, except the last four years, we've just had uh, a, like a, a fear tsunami, you know, coming at us. Uh, and then we had COVID, which was scary enough on its own. And then we had, you know, so, yeah. That's yeah, we, we almost lost D.C. in January. <laughs> yeah, like that. That's why people rush to buy toilet paper when they hear that, you know, it's going to rain tomorrow. Like it's just. You know, fear equals consumption, and that gives people power. Uh, and we just, we got to stop being afraid. If you're not afraid of anything, then nothing can hurt you. Exactly. Exactly. And we got to stop letting Republicans uh, control the messaging and letting their main thing of messaging be fear, like like Chase is saying. Because, you know, if if I can if, if I can make every Democrat or anybody with a D in front of their name to be the boogeyman, then... And that's basically that's all they've done. You know, we are we are now the boogeyman. You know, you, you, like Larry was saying, you know, they don't even know they don't even know what you're representing. As as, as soon as you say you're a Democrat, oh, you the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we we definitely have to we have to get control of messaging. Yeah, I fear fear you lose power when you're in when you're scared. Mm-hmm. You're willing to give up your power to someone else or something else to take care of you who's going to solve the situation and keep you safe. It's going to build a wall because you're scared and you need that to feel secure. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just, it just feels like, yeah, that fear, that fear you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just to, just to um, make people do that. It just, yeah. You know, fall in line. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 you know, Democrats, Democrats are using it too. You know, we're, we're saying, okay, well, you know, if we don't get out, if every time everyone doesn't get out and vote, the Republicans are going to take control and, you know, you're going to lose everything. Like, I mean, everyone uses fear as a tactic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, sometimes the fear is true. Uh, but you're, I mean, if you can get to a place within yourself to where the only thing you fear is fear itself, uh, <laughs> as, as was famously quoted, then you're going to be a lot happier in life and you can do a lot more uh, for yourself, for your family and for your community. Definitely. Definitely. So guys, I want to thank my panelists. This has been an awesome experience, an awesome talk. We really got to get down to the nitty gritty of things and really, uh, you know, just say what was really on our minds, uh, what we feel as though should be the future of the Democratic Party. So it it was this was a great conversation. I want to thank my my guests, Chase West, Larry Baguette, and Liz Townsend for coming on and and giving their perspective. Um, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you don't miss out on any uploads. You can also find us anywhere where you can listen to podcasts. Y'all have a good day. Peace.